0: them season three episode 23 stats to matter let's talk about some nfl teams that are hashtag totally toast because after this week there's a lot of them uh, it's time for us to eat some crow and by us i mean me and let's talk a little f1 and a little world cup to round it all out and our cups this week actually is a pair of hazy ipas from to mesa california and you have a rum barrel asian imperial stout from warren vermont yes the post thanksgiving beers are here Follow us on Instagram at stats matter and on Twitter at stats podcast. All things sports beer. Find stats matter wherever you get your podcast. your Apple, Spotify, Google, Tim. Let's get it to the goddamn show. Let's go. Let's go. Uh so I see on the socials that uh, that you have you have done what you do every year on Black Friday. That's go out and get some of the the Bourbon County right mm-hmm, herbs. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. nice big old hall, and you got a little uh. Barley wine from uh, the 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 Bigfoot, <laughs> the little Sierra Nevada.
1: I got all of them. I got every one of them.
0: Okay, must be yeah. you know some of us you know we have we have things we have to pay for in life, but you can just buy you know.
1: <laughs> I got uh, all the goods. Uh, I got the 30th anniversary. I got the old Fitz. I got the UH um, e. H. Taylor barley wine, and then all four of the variants, including the coffee stout, which.
0: Yeah, I got the coffee, the regular one this year. i think there's there's a place nearby. I mean, shout out to the brew shop. They still had the 30th anniversary as of today. Happened to pick up a um, a Black Friday stout from Aslan that was aged happy mm-hmm. barrels and then moved to um, Apple brandy barrels. It was actually pretty good, but it's like super super rough. Might need to let it sit for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I got a nice little nice little collection going. I I heard not so good things about the Sir Isaac stout, which is like a fig Newton barrel aged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm about that. So. Be looking forward to seeing what you have to say about that. But I'm gonna start off this episode with a double dry hop, hazy double IPA. Just two things, Citra and El Dorado by Green Chic Beer Co. Costa Mesa. I was actually turned on to uh Green Sheik by some folks on the beer Twitter, right? And the, the World Wide Webs, if you will. And Green Chic is actually really, really good. Um North Park, another uh, another brewery I quite like as well. But uh shout out to the stork. I just built it all over myself because that's what that's what we do. Oh man, it smells great just even coming out the can. <laughs> Look at this pours a nice, like a almost like a yellow color. I, I like that a lot.
2: Ooh, shit.
0: <laughs> One sip everyone knows the rules. How to stop the foam from going over. Oh damn. This is good. This is really good. Uh let's see here. Then tells me this double IPA, 8.7%. Drink while smiling—that's their motto. Can't blame you for that. Um, I'm not gonna talk too long about this. Like, I love Citra; it's it's my second favorite hot behind uh, Mosaic. Could drink that shit all day. Um, this is uh, this is a four two and a half. I, you know, if you if you put me in a corner and you said you got to round up or round down, I give it a four three. But four two and a half is what I'm gonna give it here. Pretty pretty solid. Looking forward to actually cracking in the sidecar, which is another green cheek. At some point in this episode, so
2: mm, uh, gotta do nice. some
0: work over here while you tell us about your beer.
1: Yeah, so this one was a little bit of a of a surprise. Um, you know, I I do go around. I've, I, I won't tell the story again because I already told a million times. But I get the Goose Island stuff every year; it's sort of a tradition. And uh, I try to pick up some of the some of the variants. And the guys very close to my house uh, were kind enough uh, to set aside one of every bottle for me. Uh, so that I could uh, pick them up, you know, kind of my tradition. They also know what I like So they were uh, very generous and uh, as a surprise set aside is uh, a imperial stout. It's a a Maple imperial stout aged in mad river Distillers rum barrels uh, and it's from boston's finest which I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't heard anything about it, uh, but it came in this really cool, like blacked out bottle uh, with you know nice little labeling on the top. Um, so I was like, yeah, all right, we'll give this a go. Again, I have no idea. So I have zero expectations going into this. Uh, you know, we talked about Lawson's. You know, just two weeks ago, and how you know they're 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 pretty good, decent, hit or miss for me in, in a lot of their stuff, but. I was excited for this one. Uh, rum sometimes, like, what's, what's really funny is this is actually in an Innocent Gun glass. And Innocent Gun is uh, a beer that's been around forever. Uh, it's a, they, they do a lot of different types of um, beers. It's a, it's a beer from Scotland, but they, they do a, a bunch of different styles. And um, their best one is actually a beer aged. It's like a, it's like an ale like an amber ale aged in rum barrels. It's really, really good. Uh, it used to be all my father-in-law used to drink. So I got this glass from him. So it is, and this wasn't on purpose, but it is funny that I'm drinking a rum barrel aged beer out of the only other beer I've had that was aged in rum barrels. But he used to make it super sweet. So I'm, I'm expecting
2: this will probably be the same way. Hmm. Almost exactly. So <clears throat> sometimes the higher
1: ABV bourbons that you mix them in, they tend to pull a lot of those sweeter flavors out of it. Uh, with rum, it tends to pull a lot of the sugary sort of residuals that you get sometimes from rum as well. Uh, and that's exactly what you get on this. It tastes like you know your. It, it tastes like a, a full bodied imperial stout, but. With that coffee finish follows this like really sweet note on the back end, which is really nice for something that doesn't have a lot of adjunct to it. It's just the maple. And then that maple comes through like in a nice subtle undertone to it all. It does have a little bit of like a a mild rum aftertaste. I'm not a big rum guy, like straight up, but this has a nice little like you know rum was in there, or you can you can pick up a little bit on the the booze that it was aged in, but not overwhelming. It's mostly the the Imperial Stout and the Maple that come through. It's
2: really good. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4-1. Uh, 4-1. A four one.
0: Four one.
1: Yeah, All right. it's not bad. Not bad. For, for having no expectations, it's better than I thought it was. Uh, it's really... It's really se- my only concern is that as I work my way down the glass, that rum booze gets a little bit heavier Heavy. Hev- mm-hmm. and heavier. Which isn't the most pleasant. So I bet if you were to ask me my score of this beer by the end of the pod, it may shift a little bit if that continues to happen. Cause like I said, rum is not my most favorite.
0: <laughs> well, did you get a, did you bring a sidecar onto the episode?
1: I, I did not. But if you want to
0: break right into yours, that's true. <clears throat> well, I I mean, I, I got to finish the first one first. So, uh, let's, let's talk about this. Turkey Day football was lit, man, as the kids say. Um, you're looking at this at this slate of games, and you thought this week all the good games were gonna happen on either Thursday or they're gonna happen on the weekend. And I gotta be honest, the Turkey Day games did not disappoint at all. Mm. I thought all three of them were very good. Um we'll bury the lead. I got three this week. You got two. We are tied all time. I, I like this format that we're doing now with this whole three because it allows me to fuck up one pick here, and then I can I can I can I can equal. I can not yeah. you. can't get away from me. Because I think last season you won by like what, like 12 picks? So <laughs> <sorry about that. laughs> not, uh,
1: not not quite, but it felt like it sometimes. Close.
0: Um look, the Bills Lions, let's just talk about that. Yeah. The Lions have turned things around. I know it doesn't seem it because their record is god awful right now. Mm-hmm. But the games that they won have shown you that they can really handle. I mean, think about this. They took the Bills almost to overtime. This is insane to think about like yep. on national television after the game got kind of away from them and they were able to sort of just keep it in check. I really liked what I saw from the Lions, uh in that game. I, I, I gotta be Frank. Like I think they play this game a hundred times. I think 95 out of hundred, those, you know, 95 out of those hundred times the bills are going to win this game. Right. But it was really encouraging to see. I I texted a friend, Matt. Uh, you know, good listener of the podcast. You know, friend friend of the pod. And I was like, dude, they might do this. He's like, don't. My heart can't handle this. He's like, just don't. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, look, like, there's a lot of positives out of this game. He goes, don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, just let it go. You know what I mean? Like, my mm-hmm. heart can't handle this. And and I I understand that. You know, it's uh, it's it's tough to think about because you don't get those sorts of options that many times, right? Yep, You have a really good game against a Buffalo Bill team, and you put up 25 on them. I mean, you have to be happy about that. Like, to score 11 points in the fourth quarter, make it super interesting, Dante, and, like, kind of force them to go win the game kind of shows a lot about what this team has. And, I mean, up until 30 seconds left to go, this game was tied. You're just like, here we fucking go. <laughs> but I think this was a sort of a a tune-up game because remember they played the Chiefs and then in overtime there was like just a scoring bonanza back and forth, um, and then we know what happened. So I, I think this is one of those games that like definitely got them prepared for that should it come to that NFC Championship game once again. But you gotta, you really just gotta hand it to to the Lions.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: that was a
1: that was a surprising one, and I can't I can't be sure. If this was the Lions coming out and playing super well, or if this was, I mean, maybe it's a combination of the two, or the Bills just kind of, you know, strolling into a game, thinking Put their they foot off that the would, gas. Yeah, like roll through somebody. Because, I mean, Josh Allen missed almost half of his attempts 24 42, and he had 253 yards, threw an interception, had a fumble kind of looked a little all over the place uh four
0: passes defense by the way four passes defense
1: yeah so like i don't i don't quite know what to make of this game i think this speaks more to the weird struggles the bills have had of late and it makes you wonder like okay we've been talking about their i or i have at least that they've been super bowl contenders since the start of the season but I'm starting to question like if I maybe bought into that a little too early, or if I had some, some misplaced sort of ambition there, because as of late, I mean,'ve they've, they've been looking more and more, I guess, pedestrian as, uh, as the weeks go on. I mean, we just said that this is sort of a weird season. Everything is week to week. You never really know who's going to come out and be successful and what games are going to be close. I mean, if you are better. At any, at any point. It's been a, a pretty hairy season in terms of reliability on some of these teams. Um, especially if you're playing the favorites, it, it has not worked out a lot of the time this season. So, I don't know. This one's, uh, this one's an interesting one. I don't... I mean, w- while Goff is not a superstar in any, by any stretch of the imagination, he's a, he's a decent decent quarterback and has shown what he was capable of doing when he was with the Rams I know you know everyone had their doubts jumping onto the Lions so there's little flashes in the pan of being like a decent quarterback maybe this is like a perfect melding of the two the Bills stumbling a little bit and the Lions kind of finding their footing uh, their defense kind of answering that call but I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite ready to say the Lions are this is a turning point. I mean it's definitely going to be a confidence booster. I mean he's still lost, so it's a little bit of an artificial boost. But you know, they say there's no moral victories. I guess maybe in this case, if you're four and seven and you almost beat uh a Bills team that was seven and three, then
2: yeah,
1: maybe. But over the last couple of weeks, the Bills seem a little bit uh dodgy to say the least.
0: Hey, it happens, right? You can't go out there and all right win every single game so <laughs> can't win uh, them all that's good yeah that's true <laughs> we, we we both got the pick right there <laughs> Cowboys Giants look I said last week that I thought that the Cowboys played one of their most complete games to be frank they still did this game they did what they needed to do got a little sloppy though Dak, two touchdowns two interceptions quarterback rating 91 point1 Daniel Jones one touchdown zero picks 88 point eight not how you thought it was going to shake out, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley, 40 yards. Got the touchdown, 40 yards, right? Uh, not what you want to see there. Only had another 13 through the air on six targets. So they kept him pretty bottled up most of the day. Uh, Zeke, 90 yards plus the touchdown. Tony Pollard kept mostly in check. But let's talk about this, dude. Ceedee Lamp, 11 targets, six receptions, buck of six, and zero touchdowns because, let's face it, Des caught it, CD caught it, and we're gonna talk about this later. But Hunter Henry definitely caught it. Okay, there have been some atrocious calls on that on that that day of football, but like his toe was down, yes, yep. his heel was down, but his toe was down too. Like, come on, like wait. that was that was that was a great touchdown. They didn't need it in the end. They still won twenty eight to twenty. Mm. Um, National Tight Ends Day. Dalton Schultz, four targets, four receptions, two of them went for touchdowns. Just Making National Tight Ends Day uh, a holiday, I guess, in the NFL. So, all things considered, take a look at the fact that the NFC East has all four, yes, all four teams slated to make the postseason. Right? Seattle is currently on the outside looking in because of a loss we'll talk about a little bit later on. So, goddamn, dude, the NFC East went from the least to the beast. And sucks for Giants fans that they lost this game because as far as the rest of the division goes, it's, it's a two-horse race, right? It's Dallas and, and Philly. Uh, just trying to see who can win that division title. But I see two of these NFC East teams playing in the postseason week one. I, I see it. And I think it's very difficult to beat the same team three times, which could mean be absolute bedlam for wild card weekend uh, in the NFL. But, you know, all things considered, happy I picked the Cowboys. Happy they won this game here. Happy some of Mike McCarthy's analytics-based decisions. Did not bite him in the ass this time because he got a little frisky there for a
1: minute. Yeah, there's uh, a... <clears throat> I got to say, Dak is playing better than I was uh, expecting him-ish uh, when he came back. But that whole division is just insanity. I thought the Giants were going to do a lot better than what they did in this, in this game. Um, you know, all three of the New York teams, I thought, have been playing stellar football this season. But, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what's going to go on with this Elliott-Pollard thing. Uh, it seems like for every two games, Pollard goes off. Zeke uh, kind of creeps himself back into the conversation. And shows will yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still hungry. Uh, I mean, me. yeah. I th- I think, you know, between the two of them, they combine for 150 yards on the ground. So, some of that kind of exposes the Giants' defense, which has not been their strongest suit so far this season. Um, they've let up some, some pretty tough numbers and some crunch situations that has held them back from you know approaching some of the, you know some of the blowout games that you would have think that uh, you would have thought that they were capable of. But again, another stellar performance by, or not stellar, another safe performance by Daniel Jones. Um, he was constantly under pressure in this game. He got sacked probably three times and had to throw it away probably a handful of other times to avoid more sacks. So that O line, you know, you're going up against defense, uh, the Dallas defense, which is, uh, I, I think, last at last check, it was like in the top ten in defenses in the league. So this is this is one of those like exposure games, right? You had two really good teams going up against each other. And this is where you start to notice some of the differences or some of the weaknesses on those teams. And I think this was this is one where that O line got exposed a little bit. And if you don't give Daniel Jones enough time, kind of gets a little squirrely with it. He just just over two hundred yards uh, and only the one touchdown. But you know Dallas is showing that you know they they are a team that's going to make it. I think maybe deep into the postseason. I still haven't quite figured out who's going to land where. Uh, my confidence is kind of shaking a little bit. And, I mean, obviously the Eagles being at ten and one, but they also have statistically the softest schedule I think of of most of the NFL teams that are out there. So their strength of schedule kind of plays into that. Um, but you know, right now they're looking like a clear front runner. Maybe with uh, Kansas City nipping at their heels a little bit, but I think Dallas is going to end up in that conversation. I think the Giants they're going to. You know, I think they're going to make a splash in the first round too. But you know, if you're going up, you end up going up against another one of these teams again. They've they've started to figure it out a little bit, and pressure just seems to be the downfall for Daniel Jones.
0: This happened. If we're going to talk about pressure, though, let's talk about teams that didn't fold under pressure, and that is the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings, who gave us a Thursday night football, but Sunday night football. If you fall. If you're if you're a fan, you know what I'm talking about. I, I think that was that was probably the best game of the day. It's hard for me to say that, right? I'm not, I'm not really a big Patriots fan, but uh what a game. I mean, this game went into the half sixteen all. And you're like, okay. Minnesota coming mm-hmm. off the mat after getting <clears throat> blown the fuck out by the by the Dallas Cowboys the week prior. New England, tired of all the talk, not you know, getting the respect that they deserve in the NFC, sorry, the AFC East. Um, yeah, going into halftime tied, and then with the Patriots going ahead, oof. I mean, robbed. You start off the fourth quarter, you're tied again at 26, and you're just like, when someone's going to take a a punch to the chin and not be able to get off the mat? Like this is just going to happen, right? And game just uh, underneath 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Adam Thielen, a guy that you probably drafted and thought was going to do really well for you in fantasy this year, but Scheme-wise, just hasn't been able to produce. Catches a 15-yard touchdown. They go up 33 26 and they end up holding on to the lead for nine minutes. But mm-hmm. there was a lot, a lot of controversy in this game. During the kickoff return, there was an obvious holding call against the Vikings. Uh, Hunter Henry caught it but didn't catch it, even though his hands were clearly underneath the football. There was no grasp, nothing touching the football. He maintained possession. Somehow it wasn't a catch. And you're just sort of like, okay.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Like what? What are we doing here, man? You know what I mean? Like- and they reviewed that one, so it wasn't even like yeah. uh, it wasn't even like they they just fucked it up on the fly, and there was no way to challenge it. It was reviewed, and they still screwed it up. I mean, there's a lot in this game that got missed. There was, I mean, the weekend as a whole was just a dumpster fire, right? Like I, I sent you the video of the the Seahawks game where. A twelfth player literally ran well, off the off the sideline well, into the game. Well. Got Football's involved. A team sport. Dude. He got a little. He got a little too hyped. Ran in, and I thought he was going to run in to celebrate. He ran in and started throwing blocks. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen.
0: No, <laughs> so, hey, hey, he threw the hands up. He threw the hands up.
1: Yeah, and his mean, shoulder.
0: His shoulder was in though.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's. I. Mean, he was literally on the field. He was like five yeah. yards in the play. Running in front of the guy with the ball, it was like, it was it was it, <laughs> it, was, it was the just... best
0: part. Hmm. The best part was the Seahawks official Twitter account released that video <laughs> before yeah. the NFL did. So yeah. uh, it is just, uh, take a look at this though, right? Going yeah. into the game, we talked about how Bill Belichick always takes away your best player. Who the fuck slept at the wheel this week? Because yeah. Justin Jefferson was targeted eleven times, he caught nine of them for a buck forty plus a touchdown. He yep. did whatever he wanted to that defense Yeah, all over the place. Thielen, 10 targets, 9 receptions. TJ Hawkinson, 6 targets, 1 reception. Everyone else, for the most part, Jalen Rager, 1 target, 25, caught. Johnny Munt, 2 targets, 2 receptions. Dalvin Cook, 5 targets, 4 receptions. Kirk looked like a genius in this freaking game, and he didn't even need to rely on the run game, which for either team did not get going, by the way. Dalvin no. Cook, less than 50 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, also less than 50 yards. I mean, it was a bad run game. A bad yeah. run game. But all things considered, this is NPR. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this was a good game for Mac. I did. Mm. I, I mean, it sucked. a game. You, yeah. you, you, you 400 passing yards almost. A buck 19 quarterback rating. More than Kirk Cousins, right? Um And I mean, 30 out of 40, you'll take that any day of the week. This was the game that I think all the Mac haters probably needed to watch and be like, oh, shit. Now, of course, they're going to say quarterback, you know, wins. That's a stat, and he didn't win. So boo him, you know, even more. But come on, dude. This is Mac Jones going against a guy like Kirk Cousins, 30 for 37, 300 total passing yards. But when you get three touchdowns, it doesn't matter that you get a pick. The Team can do what they need to do to to win the game, and uh, you know, just going back to what I said earlier, it was the best game of the day. I think we yep. we got we got a nice little nice little heart heart charger there with the with the Bills Lions. Then we ate dinner. Then you you watched through the Giants, and you were getting stressful about that. And you're like, all right, cool. We're just gonna end this night, this Thanksgiving night. You know, maybe we're gonna go to bed early. Maybe we're gonna watch the parade the next morning. Maybe we're gonna watch the World Cup. Maybe we're gonna go do some shopping. Let's just watch a nice boring. Sunday night sponsored football game and it was not boring whatsoever. No. So
1: By the way, the, the, the candidate. You, you know the parade is on, on Thanksgiving Day, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, you know, you you watch it. But I, I say it like it was the next day. Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> See, just maybe you recorded it. You didn't have time that morning. You were too busy running around. I got I got it. Oh no, no, <laughs> no,
0: no, no. No, I remember. Yeah, between between uh, the the parade, and then watching the dog show, and I was like, "Guys, football's on. Mm, here we go."
1: I gotta, I gotta uh, say, is it, is it me? And sorry to segue here for a second. Is it me, or does the parade get cringier and cringier every year?
0: Every year, fucking cringy. Every year. Yeah. Um, Mariah Carey's dances here, where she's holding her little umbrella and just moving her head back and forth. Like Mariah, blink twice if you're if you're in danger. Okay, you know what I mean. It's like less people out there in the streets. It's fucking cold as shit out there, anyways. I don't know oh. why people are still out there. I mean, I get it. They kept
1: showing Flavor Flav, like, behind, celebrating everybody. And then, uh, what was the name? Paula Abdul? That was... Did you
0: know that the Abduls are, like, a big musical family and they have, like, so much going on? Like, I was like, someone is... Who paid for this advertisement? You know what I mean?
1: Paula Abdul's little weird dance was so uncomfortable, because she's, like, 70. And maybe even older than that. Um... The whole first section, her trying to tap dance was off because, you know, everybody knows nobody's actually singing that, right? But her tap dancing was off. It wasn't in sync with the music. She wasn't tap dancing at all, but it was giving the appearance that she was. And then the dance just proceeded to be her getting carried around while a bunch of young people danced around her and she kind of moved a little bit. It was so, it was so weird. And then... When they tried to talk to the president, which I guess is it apparently a live phone call. That whole thing was awkward. I mean it was Yeah. The whole thing just cringy. It's anyway.
0: great content. Great content there. Um Paul Abdul is sixty. All right. she got her career started as a cheerleader for the LA Lakers.
1: Oh, fair enough.
0: Uh, anyway. Learn something new sorry. every day. Back to football. But you got that pick uh, wrong. I did. You got um, the pick wrong. It, it it is what it is.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like you were saying, I think this is so. Mac Jones has had several games like this. Yet people, I think, are still caught up in, 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 and what the stats for the season look like in terms of like win versus losses. But he's gone out and has had some really, really good games that they've either just barely won or they've come up short. And what it's starting to give is you know some doubts in our defense's ability to. I mean, we're ninth in both run and pass defense but you would not know that looking into this game i'm pretty sure we dropped a couple ranks uh as a result of this game because man they you know and and part of that is a nod to jefferson and uh and kirk because they've been doing this all season they that those two have been like a dynamic duo in just finding gaps in good teams um and this is one of them, right? Like, they're a 9-2 team now, so clearly this isn't just the Patriots' failure. This is just the way this team has been playing. Uh, and it's, I mean, if you, if you remove last week, there hasn't been a lot to really complain about uh, when it comes to, to this team. They lost to the Cowboys and they lost to the Eagles, right? Like, everybody's lost to the Eagles. Everybody but one team has lost to the Eagles so far this season. And then the Cowboys have been playing incredibly well. So, like, what do you, you know, you can't really take it away from, from the Patriots and say that, oh, it was a game they should have won. The Patriots are still trying to figure their shit out. They still have gaps that they need to fill on the defensive side in terms of some of their play calling. But the offense is starting to find its, its, its groove. They've had the last few weeks, they put up 250, 300 or more points. Um, and they've started to really hit the rhythm. You saw flashes of why Mac Jones is considered as good as he was last season. You're starting to see that again as, as the players kind of get in sync a little bit. It all comes down to that offensive line. I mean, the last couple games, he had like two and a half seconds, three seconds to hike the ball and get rid of it, which isn't enough time for anybody, right? It's like, it's like a second just to drop back. And then you got to try and make your way through the progressions. And if you're not hitting that first guy, you're in trouble uh they found ways to kind of give him a little bit more time and you see what happens and one thing that is kind of scary if I were the rest of the league when he's in that like 2 minute drill that time crunch like he gives some some Brady some vibes zinc. a little
0: bit because yeah. well that's the only, system right Tim
1: not only is he able to snap the ball around he's able to like pick receivers the defense is kind of on their toes a little bit, so you know, some of that pressure isn't quite as as strong what, you know, when you're keeping them on their toes, but that man is throwing the ball in like perfectly timed spots a lot of the time. So this this is a team that, you know, I don't know what the the season's going to play out to this season. I think their probability of getting into the playoffs is still pretty high. They'll probably, you know, make a little bit of noise in the first round. But Looking forward into like the next season, if they add a weapon, if they add someone who they can reliably trust, to, and and some of these guys are really starting to figure that out and really do well in terms of taking care of the ball, catching the ball. I mean, drops have been a big problem all season, but now now that some of these guys are tr- starting to figure it out, this this team is is primed. You know, to as long as the defense can hold up and the offensive line can t- continue to improve. I mean, they could be a scary team going into next season. I, again, I don't know what the rest of this season is going to look like. I think tomorrow is going to be a pretty pretty pivotal game for them
0: going up against the Bills. Yeah. But know, we'll see. We'll see. All right. That does it for our picks this week. Well, last week. Let's go into this week. Uh, first game I'm picking, Jags-Lions. Okay. and I'm going Jags here. I'm going Jags. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. Look, we're just singing the I, praises of the Lions. I know, I know, I know. You have to run out of steam at some point, right? And they're, they've 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 had a couple of games the Lions have where they've just been real heartbreakers. But this is a battle of two, four, and seven teams, right? And the Jags found a way to mostly contain Lamar Jackson. I I don't. And for think... anybody who's
1: under a rock, they beat the Ravens, which
0: yeah, twenty eight, twenty seven. By yeah. going for it, Doug Peterson taking the Super Bowl magic. Yeah, let's go for it. Go for two. Let's win the game. Screw analytics. Let's not let's not take this to overtime. Even after all the all the late game stuff that Lamar did. So, like, hats off to the Jags, dude. This is what I said a couple a couple weeks ago. I said, look, you're gonna get some of these teams, they're gonna be like cage animals. You don't want to face them later on in the season when it's bad to drop a game to them. I wouldn't call it a trap game between these two teams, but Let's take a look at the numbers, okay? Total yards per game, Jags 10th, Lions 8th. Interceptions, 12th and 14th in the league. Passing yards per game, more on the Jags. That makes sense. Um, Rushing yards per game, more for the Jags. That doesn't really make too much sense. The under Swift has been good when he's been healthy. Um, Backs, 28th and 26th interceptions, tied, time of possession, 14th and 27th. And the time of possession is only split by less than a minute. But that means when the Jags are in a lot of these games where they're close, this is not the team that you want to drop one to. So I have to look at all of that and I have to say, got to go with the Jags. There's something in the something in the air in Duval this season. And I think, I think, I think they pull out. I think it's good. I think it's going to be a close game. But mm-hmm. the over-under for this game right now is 51 and a half to be frank uh this the jags put up 28 on the ravens and the lions put up 25 on the bills so yeah over over <laughs> i
1: think yeah i don't know this that one's that one's kind of a weird one trevor lawrence looked like a fucking superstar against the ravens this He, look,
0: week. he looked like the trevor lawrence from clemson that we were we were thinking made him the number 1 overall pick at least yeah. because like since you know
2: FTX yeah. and, did all have blockchain two and all the
0: crypto stuff keeps going down that he's got he's got to earn his money back somehow you know what i mean maybe there's some <laughs> in-game accelerators that he's gonna he's gonna do all right what's your first game
1: all right um i feel like and this might be a, givey, a gimme for you because all uh, right this could go either way but i feel like after everything we just talked about i gotta go bills patriots because this is a a must-win game for the patriots the problem is I have to decide whether I pick with my brain or my heart here because I think, given the Bills' recent struggles, the Pats really have a chance to pull this game out depending on how this defense performs. Um, Bill Belichick is... If there's one thing we have learned over all the years, including the years without Brady, is that he's really good at figuring out a way to shut down some major aspect of your game that you would rely on. Uh, we it's saw it. We saw it with with Kansas City, where he literally shut down Mahomes and double teamed Kelsey the whole time, and yeah, that that one was a dumpster. I mean, we we could pull up countless examples, both in season and, and postseason and whatnot. So I feel like I know Vegas is the favorite. I feel like this might be a game that's going to come down to defensive play. And I Ooh. and and I I think knowing how important this game is defensively, I mean it, When it comes to rushing yards, they're almost identical. But when it comes to defense against the pass, it's not as close. New England ranks ninth in the league. Uh, <clears throat> Buffalo is 19th in the league. So there's a possibility to expose some vulnerability there. Otherwise, as you look down the list, uh, everything leans more towards the Buffalo side of the house. But where I, I mean, this 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 is more me not having confidence in Buffalo than me having confidence in New England. They they almost lost to the Lions last weekend. Let's, and they've had some really close games to teams that they should have won. And they've lost the teams that they should have won. I think this is going to be an opportunity for Bill to take advantage of some of that inconsistency and in maybe whatever's going on there. I think it's going to be a close game, probably some late game heroics. I think it'd go either way, but I'm going to pick new England just because I think this is going to come down Let's to game go. planning.
0: Let's go. I, I I don't mind it. Um, nice revenge game, because remember the bills knocked the Patriots out of the playoffs last year yeah. in a game similar to this. So I think there's definitely some stuff there to, to put on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second game for me, dolphins, 49ers. Listen, we talked yeah. about it last week. You talked about how Tua, is, you know, before the injury, was a dark horse MVP candidate. But um, now that the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey. There's no excuses for Jimmy G. The, ski, this, the ceiling seems to be like the floor, right? It's postseason, Super Bowl or bust, here we go. And yet the Dolphins, on the flip side, are not getting their respect as like a Super Bowl contender because everyone's trying to analyze Tua's play and – is it the play calling? Is it the scheme? Is it this? Is it that? Like Tyreek hasn't looked like he's lost a step when Kosicki actually wants to catch passes, and he's not blocking. They're doing a really good job. The run game is pretty decent, and that's kind of what you got on the other side too. Which means that this is going to be a prize fight. This this is another one of those I think Vikings Patriots games where we go into the half tied, and we end the fourth quarter pretty much tied or within striking distance. Um. Tied up and go to OT. I could see this being an OT game.
2: I, this feels cringy to even say out loud, but I got
0: to go Dolphins here. I, I think for whatever reason, when you're looking at a guy like McDaniels who learned underneath Shanahan, you got to think there are some wrinkles in the play calling that he has been keeping on a, the back of a notebook, just scribbled away somewhere. And he's just like, this is the week. This is the week. This is the week we're going to do it. This is what we're going to put on film. This is how we're going to, you know, trick them into doing this, and let Christian McCaffrey have 200 yards. We don't care. They're going to have to throw to beat us, and it's not going to happen. And I think it's, I think it's going to be ballsy, but hey, no risk, it, no biscuit, right? So I think Dolphins win by a field goal. But I, I could see this being a like a 35-32 kind of game, which I would absolutely love. By the way,
2: wow,
0: wow. <clears throat> um. All right. So my next
1: pick. I'm going to go Kansas. I don't know, I'm picking all the hard ones. I'm going to go Kansas City, Cincinnati on this one. Um, as of late, Cincinnati has been playing surprisingly well without the fuck it. I'm going to throw it down there and let him catch it. Jamar Chase, who is still questionable for this weekend. But. So this is the tough part about predictions. I think if Jamar Chase is in there, this team is a different look against the team. Like. Kansas City, which I've been saying all season, teams are starting to figure out, and it's a nine and two team against a seven and four team. So this isn't like a, a a blowout by any means. Statistically, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow aren't that different either, which is surprising to me. Like if you look at the the way the Bengals have played all season in their record, you would have thought it would be some major difference. Two ninety two out of four hundred forty two attempts. 3,585 yards and 29 touchdowns for Mahomes. Burrow is 279 of 409. He has 40 less attempts, but he has uh, 3,160 yards and 23 touchdowns. So it's not as stark of a difference as you would expect. That's like a game and a quarter difference between the two of them, which you've been without one of your best weapons. The other guy has, like, 15 guys on the field he'll throw to at any given time without looking and under his leg and behind his back. So, like, all things considered, comparing weapons from each side, that's that's pretty close. Um, and I think teams have come in and, if game plan correctly, have been able to surprise us a little bit against the, the Chiefs. I'm uncomfortable with this pick, but I'm going to go Bengals. <laughs> this Bangles. weekend. Bangles!
0: <laughs> Hashtag let joy roar! Let's go! With
1: with the caveat that it... I mean, there's no caveat because it's now in writing, but if Jamar Chase comes back, and it was still questionable for this weekend, but if he comes back and he plays, it's an entirely different look than I think uh, we would see without him. But if he's in the lineup, um, I don't know, man. Te- teams have started piecing it together against the Chiefs a little bit and a little bit, and it's taken some late-game heroics. We saw it was it last week or the week before? Uh, where he had to come down and, and with, like I don't know, a minute and 20 seconds scored. And, and they ended up coming back to win that game. So these aren't blowout games by any means. They've had some, some really tough fought wins. And I think the Bengals are one of those teams that are right on the fringe of putting up decent games against some really tough opponents. So, again, I'm probably giving you a game here. I know it. My my gut tells me that, but I'm gonna go a little bit with uh with my, my heart here, my passion. And I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Bengals.
0: So is it weird to say that your Patrick Mahart is Joey Burrow?
2: That's the worst joke you've ever made on here. We're just gonna no,
0: move I know, on. I know, I know. All right, my third is here moving Chargers on. Raiders. Chargers Raiders, listen. We said a couple weeks ago, and I, I was the biggest thing of this, I said, what has Josh McDaniel showed us, right? And I went on to a big diatribe about how, like, let's be honest, he was a, he, he was another coach who didn't have the name or the bona fides. He'd be fired. And I still stand on that. I, I think that would happen. But as it was, the fucking Raiders go to Seattle and win in overtime. And I remember watching that game back and forth, and I was just, like, sick to my stomach because I, I just saw the pick. We got a pick. There was a fumble. And they got a fumble. And I'm just like it's whatever team doesn't make the mistakes the most. And I was like, I just don't, I don't try. I don't like the way this is going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It seems like this was the game that I think a lot of folks anticipated to see out of Geno Smith week one um, with some Aaron throws. I, I thought DK caught it until upon review, the the ball clearly moved from his hand. So like, I get it. You shouldn't have challenged it, but like the the effort of the team there in, in OT last year against the Titans, in OT, Derrick Henry just ran away with it. And Josh Jacobs is known for, when he's healthy, wearing you down over the course of a game. And he did crack off an OT win against a team last year where, like, on a on a play that was not supposed to be a run play, he just hit a crease on the inside, a person missed a tackle, and he scooted away for the win. And I'm sitting on the couch, and my buddy Austin and some other folks were watching the game this weekend, and I was just like, I know exactly how this is gonna end, and I and I put my phone down because we were watching the Sunday Ticket, and it's always like a little delayed. I put my phone down. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to know. How, I don't want to know this, but the way this game is going feels like he's going to win it overtime on like a like a walk off run, just the way he did it against the Chiefs or another team a couple of years ago. He's gonna find a crease. He's gonna be gone. And then I got a little uh-uh, notification from my phone, and then I watched the play happen, eighty some odd yards. 50 fantasy points for Josh Jacobs. So if you went against him this week, nice <laughs> good luck. I'm, I'm sure you were pretty much toast. But, like, maybe the Raiders at 4-7 and seven aren't particularly toast yet. They're third in the AFC West. The AFC is not really particularly strong this year. So, they, I mean, they could go on a run, and they could try and make the postseason. I have been actually thoroughly impressed with how the Chargers have rebounded from a lot of games that they weren't doing so hot in. And I think one of the, the under talked about storylines with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes is the way they're both complimenting each other. There's throws that he makes that I can't. Oh no, he can make all the throws. Then you kind of go out there and you see that Herbert has this like side slinger that he just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where he's running left or right. He can just angle his body and he can just whip his arm out there like a noodle. And the ball just goes exactly where he needs to go. When it's off, it's off. But this is a guy who had, probably punctured lungs, hmm. right, when he took that big hit in the beginning part of the season. He definitely had cracked ribs, and he went out there and he continued to play through it. This team is built off of Austin Eckler and him being offensive weapons, and Ian Allen got a touchdown this week. Palmer, Carter, they're all doing what they need to do. To go for two at the end of the game last week, and when they did, like, it was absolutely the right call, and I think that sort of gumption is what the Charters are going to do here. The Chargers are above 500. They need to start making a postseason. When they start thinking about that, it means you have to take care of opponents in your division. And that means the Raiders are going to be feisty. But the Chargers are only a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. So it's going to be a lot closer than I think we want it to be by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm still going Chargers here just because I feel like there's something suspect with the Raiders.
1: Hmm. So, I'm really not sure, and this one might just be a vindictive pick, but uh, I'm going to go Packers-Bears, because <laughs> the way the Packers are sitting, they have, like, a 3% chance at making the playoffs right now. They lost to the Bears, a loss to the Bears would pretty much knock them out. Um... <clears throat> Bears are going to come into this one a little bit banged up. So, this isn't going to be a one to one. Rogers, who thought he had punctured lungs and broken ribs or something, said he got positive feedback from his uh, his checkup today and that he plans on. And
0: what playing. about his COVID test, though? Was that positive for his mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. immunization?
1: COVID doesn't exist anymore, man. Yeah,
0: apparently. It's now, 20 now he punctured lungs. Uh,
1: COVID so last... Two years, man. Come on. Um, no, but there's uh, there's there's some questions going into this one. Uh, Justin Fields is limited. Obviously, we know the situation with Pitts, who's out for the season. So it's not like this is going to be a one-to-one matchup. This is strictly me beginning to question where Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback and wanting to see some production out of him. Because love came in and that shit looked phenomenal.
0: It did. That first pass that he he, that he, he threw in the slant to, was it was it Watson or Dobbs? And he just ran away with it. And you're like, oh.
1: you're like, Whoa.
0: okay, this okay. is. And you're like, well, maybe maybe he got lucky. Maybe there's not enough film, and then he just kept it going. Like the game was out of hand at that point. But good for that, him, dude.
1: That he went six or nine? Six for nine, 113 yards, a touchdown. Like. I look pretty good but again this is to be fair this is one of those situations where a lot of these guys come in they take teams by surprise there's no tape they're not they, they can't game plan against it and you know i'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to jump in and, and say that but dude aaron Rodgers has been a little aaron bit of a, he has been a little bit of a disaster this season in terms of the way he's gone about protecting the ball, he's really turned in. And this kind of sucks to say, but he has turned into like late career Brett Favre, where he's either going to huck the ball for sixty yards and a touchdown, or he's going to throw that same ball for an interception. He had two interceptions again in this game. He has been. Was, a... was it
0: his fault though, or am I am I am I stupid for uh, for Aaron Rodgers? Is that what I'm doing here? Because I feel like.
1: Not 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 all of them, but he's got nine interceptions on the season with twenty one touchdowns, so like uh, i I mean, I don't know man, I don't know he's he's averaging less than seven he's like six point eight yards per attempt. It just doesn't feel right, and you could blame the weapons all you want, but that's the same argument we we give him every single season so we don't give him weapons, we don't give him weapons, he finds ways to win yet when we look at someone, and, and the only reason I'm bringing up Brady is because those are the two that are constantly compared. We say the same thing about Brady, where we think, oh, we just throw a ball boy in there, and he'll find ways to get the ball to him. So, like, if the two guys in the conversation, one of them were making jokes about being able to throw to literally anybody, which he did,
0: did. and still Threw does. A cross player. Did, Threw it to a lacrosse player.
1: Yeah, guys you have never heard of who came into the Patriots, had Immediate success and then went on to other teams into obscurity. Like, I mean, Dobson, everyone called him Dropston because they literally couldn't connect, and then he looked like a superstar. And uh, Hogan, like you were saying, looked like a, a phenomenal player and then left to go back to play lacrosse. Like, guys who came into the system who weren't notoriously good receivers looked like superstars. Yet for some reason when we talk about Rogers, it's because oh, we don't give him enough weapons. That's what it is. They're not surrounding him with enough receiving talent. Well, if you're gonna compare like the here. two if you're gonna compare the two guys, then everything's gotta be the same. You can't move the goalpost for one and, and not the other. It's either they find ways to make it work with the talent they have, or they don't. Like that conversation's always been weird to me. And I get it. Like he doesn't have Adams, like the the like, some of the, like, superstar talent on that team is not there. But that's not the reason you're throwing interceptions. That's not the reason uh, you're missing. Like, you can make the argument that they're not in sync, but, dude, we are far enough into the season that you should be a little bit better than what you currently are in terms, like, 12 games. It shouldn't take 12 games to get in sync with your receiving core. At that point, you've had, let's call it, I don't know, 14, 15 weeks of practice, plus whatever conversations took place in the preseason. So at this point, like, I mean, you, you see it every now and again. But like seven years ago, we were talking about the cliff for Brady. I haven't heard anybody mention the cliff for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if we're standing there with our toes on the edge looking over it and not realizing that this is what we're actually seeing. But like something is just something is just weird. Like something isn't making sense with all of this that we're not really talking about. Like does Aaron Rodgers suck right now? Like is that where we're at? And has he fallen yeah. off of that cliff? I don't know. But
0: I could see he also has con- like a, a partially broken thumb, right? Where he tried to do the worst tape job on it to keep it together ever, like come yeah, on. like he I got won't plenty dis- of athletic trainers in that staff.
1: I won't discredit him for like injuries, but as a leader, if you are too injured to throw the ball, remove yourself from the equation and give someone who's healthy a chance. Like this isn't even you. You would think that this was a scenario where you're like, oh, he's a leader. He's going out. He's playing through difficulty. He's playing through pain. But this is the same guy that just said if they're mathematically eliminated, he's not sure if he's going to play. So that's, you can't look at him and say, Oh, you're a $50 million dollar year guy. like, you right? can't look at him and say, Oh my God, you're a champion. You're playing through injuries. When the words out of his mouth are, if we're mathematically eliminated, I don't know if I'll play. It's, so who are you it's... going to this game? <sighs> I think to be vindictive, I'm, I'm thinking about Bears.
0: But are you gonna do it though? Because what if what if what if Fields doesn't play?
1: That's the problem. That's the problem. So this is another one of those like ah games because Fields is questionable for this game. Um, and that's why he I, has
0: an AC sprain. You know what I mean? Yeah. On his throwing shoulder.
1: Yeah. I think that the, the 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 smart move, which I hate, is to go Packers here because Love looked great. Rodgers is knock, in. It gives him. It gives him a chance. But I'll go. I will go Packers in this game. But I'm really hoping I'm wrong, because I would like to see them oh, get yeah, mathematically eliminated. To give the point.
0: Okay. I All want to see right.
1: them get eliminated. Cool. Is
2: the point. But
0: uh, another team that's that's toast Mundo Panthers. Mm. Panthers are toast. Um, yeah. doesn't matter who they put in a quarterback. No one can stay healthy. Uh, Deonta Foreman, DJ Moore, if you're listening, like twice, if you're in danger, please hit free agency. Go to some other places, but like incredible waiver wire pickups on fantasy. So if they happen to be out there, please go grab them. If not, find a way to trade for them because like they, those those players are shining stars right there. And you know how like every team is like a franchise player and it's usually the quarterback. When you have three quarterbacks and none of them are franchise players and you have a wide receiver or running back, That is carrying your team and keeping them alive with an interim head coach. uh, Too good for you, right? But, uh, you know, all things considered, a lot of chaos in the NFL. I think that this past (laughs) week everyone thought that the games are going to suck on Sunday because of the slate of massive games they put on Thanksgiving. Um, But I I think that the algorithm has got it right over the past couple years uh, on Thanksgiving Day games. They've been pretty good, so. Oh, no, I I, I got to give him a hat to
1: him. I forgot to ask the important question. Yeah, does Russell Wilson suck? Right now he does. Right. I'm not. Right
0: a, I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. Right. Right now. You he think does. it's over? Do
1: you think he was no. hiding? I think he was hiding a fair amount behind some of the best defenses in the NFL for a long time, and now that he has no defense and nobody to bail him out, uh, offensively, well, he, he
0: does have a defense. He does have a defense. He's just not connecting on offense. There have been some injuries there. Um, you know they've lost a couple of receivers, but he is not. I don't think he's playing 100. The the big thing, and we talked about this b- before. Russ is just Russ, yeah. and being corny works when you're winning. Except right? when like, this now this. his team is not having it. Right, and I, I well, I think winning cures everything. Right, so when you're winning, it doesn't really matter. People will put up with a lot of stuff. This is the thing, though, right? There's a lot of, like, talk about, like, what quarterbacks are doing. Um, the, the big thing on Twitter today was between Patrick Peterson on the Vikings and Kyler Murray and him saying that Kyler does things Kyler's way and doesn't want to listen to anyone else. And Kyler clapped back on Twitter and saying, if you were really my brother and my mentor, you would, you would have called me or texted me instead of, you know, trying to get clout for your podcast. Like, okay. I hate to say this. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of Patriots praise in this fucking podcast, this episode. I'm not happy about this at all. But think about this. No one has ever left New England and be like, you know what I really hated? That Tom Brady made me stay after practice and catch 50 balls off the jugs machine or show up for two hours. As many things as you want to hate Tom Brady for, this is not one of them. Demanding excellence
1: like, is not a fault. Right. As, as a professional if, athlete, that should be your just, baseline minimum yeah. going into the locker room every day. As I get paid a fuck ton of money. I need to make sure I'm earning this money.
0: And think about it. In the NFL, you're the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of people who make it from high school to the NCAA to the league. And then are and stars are the stars. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? If you're, you're a quarter of a billion dollar man, the team needs to absolutely believe that you're the guy. They need to not be screaming at you at the sidelines, not have memes come out about looking at you funny, like not have videos where you're like, hey, run a pass, call it out, help the defense. No, you need to be at a point in your career where you have command of the offense. You walk up, you look at the defense, you survey it, you make a decision. You make a decision, and you go where the ball is going to go.
1: And stop stop relying on career, that, that. You got to stop relying on that good guy image because nobody actually gives a shit. Like Nobody well, does. No,
0: I mean, he, he can still be a good guy, but he can, he can be an asshole in the field. That's what I'm saying like you, moments of you,
1: like you can be like a, a great make a wish guy, you can be a great community guy, you can do a lot of things, but like being a pep rally for your, being being a cheerleader for your own team, like they have a full staff of cheerleaders, you need to be out there calling dudes out and holding yourself accountable like those are the things yeah. that you have to be doing. Yes, I'm doing terrible right now. I need to fix this. Here's how we're gonna go ahead and do that not. Like, calling out whether it's a run or pass, that's high school bullshit. Those guys are professionals, and they understand. Like, they know.
0: Yeah, because they, they watch a lot of film.
1: And you that, that's, screaming that's the from the it's sideline, a, by a the lie. way, is going to get so lost in the drowning of the crowd that's cheering. Run a
0: pass, run a pass, gotta let them know. Run a pass, run a pass. Broncos country. That's right. It, <sighs> it's it's absolutely great. And I think, I think it's great because, again, the Seahawks are over 500. And <laughs> the Denver Broncos aren't. But all things considered, and lost I keep the, saying that, that they my, lost this to Sam
1: Darnold considered. in the in the Panthers. Right, you know what I mean, like S- Sam Darnold who defense, completed eleven passes.
0: <laughs> their defense has held teams to twenty points. You have to yeah. go and win those games. You yep. can't just wait and and do run uh, run pass on a third and ten and hope to get things. Russ has had a couple moments of brilliance, but even in this game against the Panthers. He got a touchdown when the game was out of hand. So did it? Did he really strike against the defense? Not a great defense either. You know what I mean? Like, what moment? Just, what moment of down.
1: brilliance? What moment of brilliance is this that you're referring to?
0: <laughs> Russ, Russ has a couple of those moonball shots where he'll connect with a with a player deep downfield. It's usually on a broken play or something else like this. Okay, if you're gonna pay a dude two hundred forty million dollars, that dude needs to be the undisputed leader in your locker room he has to he has to get the people together everyone has to play better quite frankly remember i I mean i didn't play the same sports that you did right but if i sucked at track and field yeah it wasn't fast if the punishment was another another interval if you suck at football because you can't make a tackle the punishment is push-ups or it's similar to sort of calisthenics if russ was as russ as russ wants to be right rustly Mm -hmm. speaking then Russ would stay after practice and rust the shit out of Russ until Russ looked like Russ from Russ's heyday. Instead, what we're seeing right now is a Russ that doesn't really care. I, I mean, I hate to say well, it that's, out loud, but that's well, almost that's, what it sounds like. It, but it's I'm like also wondering is if... if right now.
1: Yeah, but I'm also wondering if Russ and his heyday may have been a little bit of a fraud and protected a little bit. Because, like, he's still doing what you're just talking about, right? Like Everybody heard the memes of him going up and down the aisle in the airplane for However many hours doing lunges, like I, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, that's it's, Russ.
0: That's Russ. He's, he's just, he's just authentically himself, right? He, he, you're never going to get him off that train.
1: I don't, I don't think dude. it's authentically. So here's my problem.
0: It's authentic I, to him, and that's all that matters to him, right? It Doesn't I, matter if it's authentic to everyone else, because like, you, you can't shame Russell Wilson. You just can't. The what, dude, dude you got married authentic? to Sierra and was like, "I'm going to wait till we're married to." talk to me. you know what I mean like good yeah you, but that's, that's, no, that's the thing do
1: that. I don't I don't think it's that here, here's my my problem with with that is that I don't in my opinion and again this is just me in my opinion I genuinely don't think he's being his authentic self by doing all of this stuff I think he's doing he's like bought into his own brand and he's like Smelling his own underwear at this point, where no, he's, like he's you gotta put it, brand. you put it out there, and now you need to live it for better or worse, right? Like he's like a knockoff Tim Tebow, where Tim Tebow took it to an extreme, and even that I thought was a little over the top, but he's turned that into a whole brand where he's like moved on and and he's doing that did like you, in social media and stuff now. Did you
0: see the? Yeah, I know, right? Did you see the yeah. uh, the sack dance? from the, the Carolina Panthers player, after he sacked Russ, when he, when he did the whole gospel thing like <laughs> that Russ did as far as pregame warm-ups, like, oh, my God. He's, yeah, like, he's just... I, I'm not even a professional football player, but this shit would irritate me to my core, right? I would want to get in the lab. I'd want to just throw zingers all day, and I'd want to yell at receivers. But, like, uh, you can say what you want, but this separates a Peyton Manning or an Eli Manning from a Russell Wilson. Peyton took a guy off the practice squad and got him ready during Super Bowl week. He said, we're, we're going to throw every morning, every morning, and then I'm going to buy you a suit, and you're part of this team. And that dude went on to have a decent career with the Broncos before he went to their team and thought you know the league. But they're the people that have always held
2: Russ accountable, I think, Pete, John, Sherm,
0: Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Marshawn Lynch, when you don't have all the right ingredients in the team, there's some shit that can go haywire, and there isn't someone on the team who can look at Russ as a Super Bowl winning quarterback and say, "Yo, cut the shit." There's no one on the team that can do that except for Mr. John Elway, and I think that's where we're getting to. I hope that John's had a conversation with Russ and just been like, "We we brought you in to be a leader, a cornerstone of this franchise. Like, you need to be different. You don't need to be Russell Wilson." You need to be Russell fucking Wilson. And you're not being that right now. Yeah. If I was, if I was a GM, if I was the owning like group, that's what I would say. I would just say, what are you trying to be here for, Russ? Are you trying to influence your brand and your scope? Are you thinking beyond football? Or if it's all about winning to you, why are we not winning? And he said his press conference last week, like, you know, winning's a habit and losing is too. Yeah, Russ, losing is a habit. Losing is a habit that you have of doing right now. So you got to fucking figure this shit out, man. It's just sort of like, You don't need to be in this position. Do you have incredible receivers? No, not at the moment. But at the same time, you didn't have world-beater wide receivers that everyone knew except Doug Baldwin. You found ways to make Chris Matthews and Ricardo Lockett and Freddie Swain and everyone else work. You can't do that in Denver? We're paying you a quarter of a billion dollars? That don't make no sense, man.
2: It just doesn't. It just doesn't. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty startling, right? Like, so throughout his career, he's 107-60 and 60 with 300 touchdowns. But, like, when you start looking and getting a little deeper into some of those, like, so his average this season, his average yards per attempt is 7.1 yards. Guess how many touchdowns he has, if you haven't looked.
0: No, I think he has, like, nine touchdowns.
1: It's eight touchdowns. Has- guess, yeah. Guess- Guess how many interceptions he has? Oh, probably that. has is five. he has, five. So he has yep. five interceptions and only eight touchdowns, and we're going into week thirteen. That is the he has sign. more bathrooms
0: than he has touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that is that is the sign. I mean, he's a fifty-eight point nine percent completion. Our, the first two years of our podcast, one of the things I talked about all the time was that like below sixty yeah. passer percentage is an indicator of teams that are going to struggle. He's fifty-eight point nine so far this season. That's not great, man. That's not great. No. The career average, he's sixty-four point six, and I think the average for like a, a good quarterback is around like sixty-eight percent. So like he's statistically below like the average for like a solid quarterback. But he's dog shit this season, and I think he's so caught up in his own brand that he's too afraid to like really bear down because he wants to make sure that he's checking all of the boxes socially to make sure that he's he's. Accepting of like Got a little bit of the religious group He's got a little bit of the Like the nice guy group He's got the sportsmanship award He's got all of that shit But he's, he's, he has no all winner
2: boxes.
1: He has no winner boxes Checked right now He's not holding anyone right. accountable He's not holding himself accountable He doesn't seem to be making any effort To make drastic changes Because it's the same thing we see Fucking week in and week out With no major adjustments So like we don't know what's going on behind the scene but social media is a little telling video footage of him on the sidelines, a little telling all these things are adding up to where he's lost a lot of the locker room. I know, and this is probably clickbait, but supposedly he had his birthday party yesterday and only half the team showed up. Now, I don't know what the average is for attendance in a external event on a fucking Tuesday. But it feels a little bit like not only has he lost the locker room a little bit, his skill has fallen off a little bit because he's missing guys bad. He's missing guys very badly. So there may be a timing thing. It could be a lot of... To your
0: point, there's been a lot of that over the years where there's been a guy wide open, he's not seen them. So I think... And and for a long time, I was like, nope, nope, nope. See see the weevil, hear the weevil, speak the weevil. Nope, what are you talking about? Russ is good, Russ is good. And now this year, I'm just like, Oh shit, man. It uh it's showing up in a in a new location. So maybe it maybe it is Russ.
1: Yeah, so uh, anyway. Century.
0: I yeah. I digress. Uh all
1: of this this all comes from a bitter place, right? Because all of these guys have been in the league for a long time. I had to listen to Max Kellerman, I had to listen to the fucking whole internet talk about Tom Brady falling off a cliff, which at some points he looked like maybe this season he's had a couple games where you're like, Oh, is it there? And then he comes out and throws like fucking four hundred and fifty yards and and hits everybody and he's still making phenomenal throws. The problem is like he's out of sync with some players and things still look a little off. There's there's something wrong with him and Evans all of a sudden, which is a little strange. But it, but that same cliff conversation isn't beat to death for guys like Rogers and Russ. And I think maybe it's because Russ, while a decent quarterback, was mildly he came he was unfortunately part of an era where you had Rodgers and Manning and Brady uh, and all of these superstar quarterbacks that it was kind of relegated a little bit to like bottom of the top tier but they were always the legion of boom in the defense and Seattle's the defensive scheme and I gotta say man dropping that Super Bowl on the end zone seemed to be a major turning point for that team where they haven't quite been the same hundred oh, percent. And then Russ, but I, I think Russ moving on, never quite
0: rebounded either. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't think that. Um, I think it's an indictment on the team, right? Um, if you go back, I, I, said a couple episodes ago, watch some of the postseason like uh, NFL films, click, click clips from uh, that postseason run when they went up to uh, Super Bowls forty-eight, forty-nine, and and fifty. Yeah, um, and, and then run up to Super Bowl forty-nine, especially in the game against the. Uh, Against like the Packers, there was a yep. there was a, a fantastic fa- uh, fan video um, called "Rain City Miracle" and it's on Vimeo and I encourage and YouTube and I encourage you to find it. Um, and it's the closest Russ has ever come to like cussing, and he's just like, "I hate losing, I hate it." And he's like crying, he's got tears in his eyes after they won that game in OT twenty eight, uh, you know twenty six or whatever it was, and or 20 and that's the kind of rust that we need. That's yeah. the kind of Russell we expect to see, and we just don't see it anymore. We see the Russ who's content. I take what the defense gives me, I'll think, I'll dunk. Oh, I'll get my moon ball shot, and it's just like, this isn't the Russell Wilson that we want to see. We want to see the Russell Wilson, who beat the Patriots. That was the U Mad Bro game from Richard Sherman. We want to see the bombastic Russell Wilson that puts it together on the field. Not the bombastic Wilson that's on social media. Mm-hmm. Posting Bible quotes. I got, I'm going to trademark, let Russ cook. I'm going to trademark this, you know. Brand of uh, football shaped, you know, dinner rolls. <laughs> Trademark my my clothing brand, no, Russ. We don't care about that. We don't care about your legacy. We yeah. know you do, but your legacy is bolstered by what you put into it. What you put into it is wins. It's game stealing moments. Go back a, a few years ago and watch the duel between Mahomes and Wilson on Christmas Day. Unbelievable game. Or go back and watch the duel between Tom Brady and Russell Wilson the season after the Super Bowl where Gronk did not catch the fade route in the end zone and Seattle walked out of there with a the win. Go watch those games where you see Russ at his best and you're like, how does this dude not look in the mirror every single fucking day and go, I need to be back there. I need to be better than that dude. I need to be like Goku. I need to be evolving and get into the next Super Saiyan form. Why Why do he not have that? I just don't understand it. It's like he's almost content to just be like, yeah, I mean, I'm a fringe Hall of Famer. I mean, I could I get another Super Bowl. I don't think two's going to gonna do it. If the no. people that you're currently playing against have two, we're going to get three or four or five. Like, you might, you might be on the fringe of even making consideration. So there's just so much about this, like, this year. It, it's, re- it's been really helpful because I think, like, the divorce for Seahawks fans in the beginning was like, what? We walked away yeah. Russell Wilson. Like, why did we do that? And now we're all like, oh, okay. I'll yeah it, and, so. and
1: um what's what's like even crazy like and you hate to draw the comparison or, or draw the uh the the common denominator as the the Patriots but if you could pick two quarterbacks who had a lot of success and then kind of fell off very quickly, you could pinpoint two of them and you could pinpoint a point in time where that happened, and unfortunately It's Russ Wilson, and the other one is Matt Ryan, who both of them had clutch Super Bowl performances that ultimately came up staggeringly short, right? Like, that was, as, as a leader of a team and the whole internet and the whole football world is like, you give it to Lynch and you challenge him to make that, even though they stopped him, you know, a couple plays before. If you're a leader on that team, and that's the call that comes in, you should feel passionate enough to look at your coach and say, that's not the right call. I'm going to audible out of this one, and I'm just going to fucking feed him the ball. But you don't feel comfortable in that, which means you didn't have command over the team. The same way with Ryan, he just shit the bed. But neither of those two quarterbacks have looked the same after suffering. And the only reason I bring up those two is because I can't think of another combination of, like, super defeating losses in the Super Bowl. I can. Which one? Los Angeles Rams.
0: am that's true, actually. But also lost to Tom Brady, right? And what they did was but they Kurt moved on w- from well, Jericho. Was Kurt Warner, right? They got Matt They they bought oh the, yeah. they bought as many toys as they possibly could to win a Super Bowl, and they did. Based off of a failed fourth down attempt that the yeah, Bengals yeah. would have converted had they had a better offensive line. So, like, you got to take a look at that and just be like, Tom Brady is. He's death incarnate in in the NFL. Yeah. He just is. You know what I mean? He will he will ruin your career if you let him stick around long
1: enough. Yeah, no, you're right. I uh, I forgot about that one. That was another golf situation where that was 2019. So I mean, I guess it, I I guess that follows in line with exactly what we're talking about. Like the the Rams the Rams were superstars that season. They went 15 and four the whole run to the Patriots. 14 and 5 but that one game differential is the one that really counted but that's the same thing you can trace it back to there where golf then got traded to Detroit and it hasn't been the same player so you're, it's <laughs> that kind of follows the trend I wish, <laughs> was
0: I, wish like I, this, I
1: wish I thought of this before Then I would go back and look at all the Patriots Super Bowl wins but it, it has to be like a defeating loss right like a team that was coming and expected to to like super, super before I mean we lost a bunch Right, we we lost as many as we've won, which is amazing to say that for a team to come in and be like batting five hundred in the in the Super Bowl, but that's like twenty Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, you know. it's pretty alarming. But I I would love to look back, and someone who's smarter than I am, go back and and hit us up on the socials and and take a look at all the quarterbacks who have lost surprising, and I don't mean surprising losses, but like astonishing losses like the rams was a bad one because that team was on fire uh the falcons is is obviously surprising because of the differential in points at halftime and then patrick mahomes is the only one that has managed to make it out unscathed because they held them to like fucking nothing uh and he's still out slinging the ball all over the place so that's 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 one for the not column, but I bet if we look back over the last 25 years, I wonder how many quarterbacks careers have ended because of a surprising loss or like a, a heartbreaking loss in a Super Bowl. I don't know off that yeah. off the top of my head, but
0: it, it, it could be a lot. It, it's definitely, it's definitely something for us to take a look at uh, for the rest of this NFL season for sure. Yeah. Let's end this episode. We'll do a little, little quick hit here. We'll do a little F1 season recap. Let's talk a little world cup here for a second. Uh, The Americans have made it through to the knockout stage. Mm, mm. (laughs) Folks, this is not a drill, okay? After drawing 1-1 with Wales in the opening game off some bullshit penalty, which they should never have left themselves open for in the first place. They beat Iran 1-0, and now they're into the next stage. To me, this almost feels like a win, because the U.S. men's national team for a long time has been valued. They're not as good as the U.S. women's national team. They're not great soccer players. And now this fucking roster is stacked, dude. There is a lot more. I I know that Christian Pulisic is like the player that everyone's talking about because he he plays for a Premier League team, but there are a number of people on the U.S. men's national team that now play for Premier League teams. Are they starters? No. But this what I was saying a a couple of seasons ago. Soccer here in America, football in Europe, American soccer would be so much better if we push people out there. Get your Premier League experience, then come back to the MLS. Instead of make it through college, go to MLS because the level of competition that you get against someone who has been going to football camps since they were nine years old, it's the pop Warner (laughs) sport in Europe. Okay. From the time Mm -hmm. you can kick a ball, you're in camps all over and you're, you're playing against incredible international competition, which makes you better. We don't do that here in in the United States. We just don't until we start doing that. Our men's national team will probably, probably be good. I think they can, the way that they have, fared thus far, they can score some points. They haven't, though. I think they've been holding back. I think they've been playing really, really smart, really sort of defensive struggle. But they have a tendency now, it's on film, that if it's 0-0, they're cool with winning the games or going to a draw, you know? When they score a goal, they begin to fall apart almost immediately after. And that's not a good thing. Because um, I thought one of their best games they played thus far was the 0-0 draw against England. England should have blown the fucking doors off of them. To go 90 minutes plus stoppage time and you go zeros. That's a win, dude. That is a win. You had plenty of times to score. You didn't connect on a couple of them, but that's football. That's life, man. You, it just happens that way. But you needed to score two goals against Iran. And when you scored the first goal, you begin to fall apart after that. You can't do that in the next stage. You absolutely cannot because England Thumped their opponent today 3 0. Do you I, want to run uh, into them again? Do you want to run into another team that can score four goals on you within the first 45 and you can't do anything? And at halftime, you're like trying to convince your team that like maybe they shouldn't give up mentally? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean, I haven't felt comfortable watching any of the U.S. soccer games, but I saw a uh, I saw fo- U.S. football, but I don't know if yep. you want to be politically correct here or, 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 or socially correct. Um, <laughs> But the uh, the you don't you just don't feel comfortable watching these games because you know at any point they're kind of I mean they're you know it's been talked about a lot they're a young team but I saw a meme going around the other day that said uh, you know what what football or soccer looks like in the United States compared to the rest of the world it's so drastically different uh, in the in the United States it's uh, essentially an elitist sport that a lot of like kids from private schools go on to play. Who have success in in uh in college and a few of them make it to the MLS. The fact that our like fifth most popular sport filled with people who are you know like small margins of the professional sport community are going out and beating some teams, it's pretty surprising. It's almost like, could you imagine if soccer was the U.S.'s like primary like number one sport and that's what we would go. It'd in? It It'd would be incredible.
0: It would absolutely be incredible.
1: Yeah. But like it's it's one of those you, you never feel ultimately comfortable at any point with a lead or a tie, right? They had several opportunities, they almost gave up. They met they had that miss header with like five minutes left to go, which you know a tie oh, their
0: closest have, times.
1: Yeah, so if anybody was not aware, like a tie would have knocked them out of the the World Cup. But um a tie would have sent Iran on. So uh Iran. Sorry, we were all correct in the press conference. It's Iran, not Iran.
0: Iran. And also, in case people didn't know, you know, um, you're allowed to discriminate against women if your country discriminates against people of another color. Because yeah. that's what Iran, with uh, sexual is preference. Uh, I, uh, I, I, yeah. I really appreciate the way that player stood his ground and answered that question. Because a friend of mine, Carlos, listened to the podcast, Big, big European football fan, Real Madrid fan, uh, long time fan, uh, and he's just like the Cold War is still going on off the pitch. Yes, it is, but we got a fucking dub on it. <laughs> that's all that matters at this point. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it was it,
1: it was such was a weird deal. It, deal
0: for American it, soccer.
1: Football. It was such a weird question at that time. And You know what it comes from? It's the the rainbow flag and all all that stuff that that's kind of going on. But it felt like such a strange question and just. Stirring up controversy for the sake of stirring up controversy, and what? While I appreciate his answer, what I really wish he would have responded to was like, listen, in our country we're attempting to to make strides. In your country, you just sentenced like what one hundred and fifty thousand people to death for protesting women's rights. Like that's not even like if you look at the U.S. and the and the death rate from you know police involved. Black deaths. It's not 150,000 people. I can assure you that. And it's not a bunch of, you know, terrible videos floating around the internet of folks committing atrocities against like the gay community. There's a million other things you need to worry about before you try to. Uh, represent your country oh, I'm sure what he thought going into that Is my country's going to rally behind me Because I'm about to ask this question here And it got shut down I I wish I wish he would have given that answer That he did And then followed it up immediately With a What is your country doing for women's rights And things like that And it was Like uh, when they interviewed the guys uh, Who were responsible for the tournament In Qatar that they were tougher questions and they weren't quite as smooth with their answers when it was talking about rights. They tried. They tried to give a very similar answer but you kind of immediately were like nah man you're full of shit. You could have just said we're working towards women's rights. It was we do things different here uh, than they do in the West and it's like yep mm.
0: it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for the team to be to be where they are um i think that all these i almost did it again it's my clutch it's my crush face i i think when you take a look at the big big picture here americans on the international stage american men soccer teams on the international stage have a lot to prove and mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is being let's be packaged let's just focus on the game let's let our you know pitch talk Settle what we what we could say at a press conference. I think that had someone been foolish enough to ask that in a Premier League game, a player like just like in Ted Lasso would have given that dude a tongue lashing. It would have yeah. absolutely gone at him and just embarrassed him, and we never would have seen this. However, because people uh, <laughs> know that they can be canceled for saying certain things, yeah, the players are hesitant and they just give these package answers. They give these great packaged answers, by the way. But they become social media moments, and it's just sort of like, yeah. you feel bad and for them. But, and yeah. I think the last thing I'll say on this is that um,
1: I hope this adds fuel to the, the fire underneath the U.S., but there's a couple other meme videos going around of, of teams asking if the U.S. would be starters in their country, and it's no, across the board. No, 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 no. Of course. I really hope that adds fuel to the the fire and they're all like donovan from like years ago yeah but, okay but that's not who we're talking about so i i, I hope uh, that comes around but anyway we'll we'll move I, on to the next i, I do, I do as well yeah so we'll move on to the next really quick hit boston celtics man dude
2: dude but all
0: the, all the drama all the drama that they've had right with, mm-hmm. with, the, with the offseason coaching stuff like to be okay at the moment, so I'm like cautiously optimistic. I don't want to say anything and like buy in because then they'll just fall apart,
1: right? They are first in the east, yeah,
0: it'd be critical from, from a distance, but they have had some incredible character wins.
1: Really they are, yeah, they're, they're first in the east, they're three games ahead of Milwaukee. They are, and, and listen to some of these projections, right? So, um, they are currently slated to be, uh, they're one, 98.1% likely to win the division. 436 for the conference and 31.0% for the finals. 31% odds to, to win. Jason Tatum is currently sitting at a MVP probability of like 30%. This team has come out and, like, really found
2: an identity. Do you know why that is? What is that?
0: Because they, they shoot over ladders. Unlike Giannis. <laughs> Tatum and Brown can make, can make free throws over, over ladders. Giannis can't.
1: So. Yeah. So, Tatum has been a superstar. Brown's right behind him. They have the best record in the entire NBA, which is crazy. Also worth noting the NBA has become more and more difficult to watch because it's increasingly becoming the softest sport in uh, all the professional sports where
0: Tatum... Well, Tatum yeah, but I, I mean, it's it's not as soft as, like, other sports where people, like, in European football, for example, will, like, get touched and they'll just, like, collapse and roll 15 times and hold uh, their shin when they got hit in the ear.
1: Uh, it's not that far off, if I'm being completely honest. Um, it's... <laughs> it's it's looking very very similar, but the problem is that um, refereeing is following this same boat.
2: Where Jason Tatum a couple of weeks ago got teed up for literally like looking at the sky,
1: looked at the sky, got a tee, and universally the entire world was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Um, anyway. They're doing phenomenal. The Bruins, uh, they're tied for the best record in the entire league. Uh, I, yeah, because it's nineteen. They're nineteen and four. Uh, the Devils are, are sorry, Boston's nineteen and three. The Devils are nineteen and four. Both of them are a couple games above the rest. So, like New England sports is on fire right now. The Celtics, uh... the Celtics, and the Bruins are looking like the vintage old school. You know, like ten years ago, and then like. Thirty years ago, uh so that's fun to watch. And then the last thing, Aaron Judge is a free agent. He got offered three hundred million. Wear
0: a fucking Red Sox uniform by the end of this. Uh,
1: he won't. Let's let's just let's
0: just crush the Yankees. What it's the Yankees
1: uh, and the the San Francisco Giants are the uh from what I understand the front runners. He was just offered three hundred million dollars over eight years, thirty five point five million a year, uh, and did not accept that. So, Boom. someone's going to have to break the bank and really own up. He's not going to go to the Red Sox. Let's be honest; no one's going to leave the Yankees. People leave the Red Sox to go to say. the Yankees. But he said he said he was open, open
0: to it. Tim, he said he was open to it.
1: He said he was open to it. Yeah, but the amount of players you would have to 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 trade are the you'd have to get rid of in order to make capital for that. Because unlike a lot of sports, uh, it is a little bit more detrimental to your team. To go over the salary cap. So Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, in any event, those those are the three things I thought were worth noting.
0: Interesting. I will I will leave you with this episode Just doing a quick little F season, F one season recap. Max Verstappen, two time world champion. Uh, the new Aero style this year was ballyhooed. Not gonna be good. Actually wasn't that bad. There was parody in the do not finishes, some mechanical errors. Uh, thank you. Very much, Sebastian Vettel, for your career. Danny Ricardo, really looking forward to you being a reserve driver for Red Bull and then also getting back into F1 in a year and a half time. Ferrari's not out of it yet, but they're removing their team principal. They got to get some bad juju out of that building. Uh, Red Bull has all the conditions brewing for controversy with their two drivers, and it's going to boil up at some point. You know who doesn't have that shit? Mercedes, because if the season started today, shit would be absolutely different. They have the car that they need in the beginning part of the season. Season five of Formula One Drive to Survive is going to be fucking wild. And next season, three, Tim, three F1 races in the good old USA. Austin, Miami, Las Vegas. A Las Vegas Formula One race. And the tickets for the weekend are not really that bad. It's like 3,000. So what are we doing with all I mean, (laughs) someone wants to sponsor the the
1: the stats don't matter podcast, so we'll go out. I'm I'm here for that for sure.
0: I would be too. Allegedly, Uh, preseason testing starts twenty three February of two thousand twenty three. Overall, this season was pretty good. A lot of good storylines, an actual lot of really good racing, and as what happened in the past couple years, American viewership has gone through the roof because you know what Americans like getting up early. And watching sports. That's what we do. Uh, I I, I think more people that you know are going to start doing some water cooler talk about who their favorite F1 driver is. You're going to start seeing a lot of parody. I've said this a few times. If you haven't started watching Formula 1 Drive to Survive on Netflix, four seasons. Go out there. Do it now. Watch a couple of races on DVR, on On Demand, and you'll be fine. You'll understand how the whole thing works. You can even watch the last season of formula one drive to survive and two to three races from the season that just ended in Abu Dhabi and you'll get it. You'll be on board. No other sport. Can you watch 10 episodes of a Netflix show, two races and be just as involved as a fan who has watched the sport for 15 years? It's incredible. It's incredible. And They're also talking about potentially trying to do a Formula One race in New York City. And I would die if that happened. I think I think it would be just (laughs) incredible to see Times Square with all the street performers out there trying to do their little dances. Formula One cars. It would just be not that it would happen, but I mean, there were going to be Formula One cars going by the Bellagio at like 160 miles an hour at nighttime. It's going to be incredible be fucking incredible. Like, what more do you want from a sport in the world than three races? Austin, Miami, Vegas. Come on.
1: I'm here for it. I'm trying to get caught up into it because I know you're caught up into it, but uh, I'm not there yet. Racing is still
0: uh uh uh, uh hit or miss. Bye. yeah, think about it though. It's sort of like um, Star Trek versus Star Wars, right? You're a fan of one franchise or another people in america think they have to be either a nascar fan or an f1 fan you can be both
1: i'm neither but one's
0: way better than the
1: other yeah if i if i had to watch one it would be (laughs) formula one uh yeah i'm not there yet but all right everybody appreciate y'all peace peace